not that. Welcome. Sorry. God damn it, Chad. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hang on a second. Oh my god. <laughs> Let Chad get his, his settings calibrated. So he's heavily background. When you say, well, I hear okay, I'm like, all right, let's do this. Get all them giggles out, Charlie. That now that's comic timing. You you can't you can't buy that. No, you you're born with it. <laughs> Go maybe ahead. It's or maybe it's Maybelline. Yes. All right. Take two. Hello and welcome to the Chainsaw Buffet Podcast, the podcast that is sobered up, is looking for a job, and has told its wife and kids that this time, it will be different. Um, we've got a few things to talk about this week. Um, we've got an email from an old friend of ours. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, River, C- River City Ransom 2. Um, we're going to talk about the Vita as if it's a worthwhile purchase, um, the Burnout's finality, and some other stuff. But first, let me introduce the Chainsaw Buffet Orchestra and Escort Service. Um, on the freshly emptied moonshine jug and washboard, we have Chad. Who, Sorry, who, or who, not. I want him to say something, says nothing. <laughs> I want him to say nothing, won't shut up. Um, on, on the stand-up double bass, we have Charlie. Howdy. And uh, on banjo, we have Dylan. Hi. Because Dylan actually plays banjo. It's a real thing that happened. Um, anyway, um, let's go ahead and start off. Um, as I said, an old friend of ours uh, sent me a note. Um, Jessica Strauss has been on the podcast many, many times, uh, most recently at Hamicon 3. Wonderful person. Absolutely. Uh, love her to death. Love her work. Um, but she, over the Labor Day holiday, had gone back and listened to some of the interviews she'd done. Um, including the ones that we did for uh, Voices for Japan, which took place um, after the uh, Japanese tsunami in 2011. And one of the things we talk about, and something we've talked about several times on the podcast before, is her uncle's book, uh, The Anguish of Surrender. And she was listening to it, and one thing she just wanted me to sort of pass along uh, a little bit of uh, input was... Um, the book was actually used uh, in a Congress debate about POW torture as an example of how treating prisoners of war um, in a humane way could be beneficial uh, long term, which obviously has been proven through our now very beneficial and, uh, relationship with Japan now. Mm. Um, she really just kind of wanted people who haven't read the book uh <laughs> To get an understanding of what it's about, you know, it's not so much about the war itself, although there are, you know, little tidbits about World War II in it. It's really more about the treatment of the Japanese POWs um, and sort of their difficulties um, in being in being taken captive, because you know, as as a lot of people know, um, that that wasn't a thing for Japan. You know, they 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 weren't used to being taken captive. Um, but I will go ahead and post a link, uh, to that podcast, which also has a link to the book, if anyone, uh, wants to purchase it. 
I've said it before, I'll say it again, it's not hyperbole. It's an amazing book. I really do feel like it should be required reading when talking about Japan's involvement in World War II. It's it's just very fascinating stuff. Uh, stuff that you don't get in a broader view of uh, World War II. Awesome. Um, so, shout-outs to Jessica. Really do appreciate her uh, emailing and, and listening to all that, even after all this time, and uh, just yeah. communicating with us, because uh, she's she's just awesome. So, um, moving on. Um, there, For some reason, we just talk about Kickstarter every once in a while. Um I think I think it's inescapable if you're in if you're talking about video games or, or various things to yeah it's it's growing outside of just indie games um, because River City Ransom has a Kickstarter for an officially licensed North American developed follow up to wait the, officially licensed it's officially licensed Ooh. it is an official sequel um, so it's, to the but NES it's... classic. But it's not. Is it by the same? It's not by the no, same. It's not the same team, case. but it's it's because I believe it's. Um, oh, this game is being developed in the U.S. If I'm not mistaken. Okay. Um, but it's it still has the same NES art style, but it, you know it's it, it it moves a little bit more fluidly now than it did. Mm-hmm. Um, still has a ways to go of. It's about a third of the way to its uh, targeted goal. Um, has about three weeks left. Um, again, uh, in on the website, we'll post a link to it if you guys want to contribute to it. Um, but it's really kind of neat that a game that old, because uh, you know that game came out, I think, in 1990. Wow. 89. And uh, I just looked it up because I actually hadn't heard of it well i have never played it but i have definitely what? heard of it through nintendo power dylan you suck i i don't know for river some city, reason i never played it but it river looks city really ransom cool. is one of the finest games ever put on the nintendo entertainment system it is true um even before guardian heroes or dragon's crown took the beat em up genre and mixed it with the rpg river city ransom was the first to do it oh yes I, I I lost so much time playing that game. It's so good. And so much time uh, watching my avatar scrub its own ass with a towel. <laughs> it's a real thing. Um, what was really weird, though, is do you remember that that art style then got you, or also, I don't know if, it, if this was previous or after, for me it was after, got used in a lot of like sports games. Yeah, like the yes. the super spike uh, volleyball. Yes. yes. Was that not weird? It was a little weird. Like you wanted the guys to start punching each other out. Yes. They never would. Now, granted, I loved that game as well, that volleyball game. But, but that always struck me as odd. Oh, such a good game. Please contribute because I want to see a sequel to this game. Um, but that, you know, sort of talking about that. Um, are there any classic games that any of you would want to see an officially licensed Kickstarter for? Ooh, wow. See, now, I, the, the interesting thing about this is it's not the original development team. It's someone who got the license. So that that can go well, or that can go... Well, we're, we're, we are no longer talking about this game. Okay, we are talking about what you would want. 
officially licensed. I I don't know if the original dev team would be possible or not. It would depend on the game and who and, all is still alive and whatnot. And, and besides, in in this day and age, with the people who are usually picking up the license, they're usually the fans of the original who are going to try to do the best job they can. Right. That is and, and they're usually they usually got the license because they grew up playing the original. There are so many franchises now that the people producing currently started out in the fandom and have moved on to adding on to it professionally. And this is something similar. Now that's not to say that it's automatically going to be awesome, but they're going to try their best. Right. So any, any games that you guys would like to see something like that happen with that maybe never got a sequel or something like that. Hmm. Cause I'll, I'll tell you what I want. What do you want? Um, I want Chrono Trigger 2, and I want it to completely remove Chrono Cross from existence. Oh, you could just ignore it. Kind of like, you know, Highlander 2 and then Highlander The Final Dimension. It's not 3. It's The Final Dimension. I, there was you, no 2. Wait, there, there was a Highlander 2? Exactly. exactly. Um, yeah, I, I really kind of wish that there was a way that I could somehow just remove Chrono Cross from, from ever actually having factually existed. And maybe that's what Chrono Trigger 2 could be about. You know, going back in time and stopping Chrono Cross from ever happening as a game. I, I prefer if they did that, they just just pretend it doesn't exist and just ignore it. I mean, although I, I imagine, was Chrono Cross made by the same development team as Chrono, or the same designer? And... No, oh. because uh, Chrono Trigger was made by... Um, See, they were made by developers from Square and Enix before Square and Enix were the same company. Yes. Um, because you had uh, all-star developers from the Dragon's Warrior series, and you had um, you know, developers from Square and Final Fantasy, and you had Akira Toriyama doing all the character designs and the official artwork. So, Well, the, the only reason I ask that question is, you know, if it's, if it's like, trying to get George Lucas to go back and recant on the prequel trilogy, not going to happen. But yeah, if it's someone else taking that and doing something else with it, then no, it's, it's they Chrono Cross is kind of like someone else making the, the prequel trilogy that we got, which may have actually happened. We have no factual evidence that they did not replace George Lucas with well, it, uh, it some sounds, sort of clone. It sounds like more, more like Bioshock two being, you know, different production company, you know, kind of more of the same, you know, whatever. I, I think it's Elizabeth uh, opened a tear into a reality where George Lucas was a shitty film director. And that's where we're all stuck now. Because we, we all have that <laughs> recollection of George Lucas being good, but that is not the case anymore. So I, I think it's more of a question of people aren't necessarily always good or always bad at what they do it's just yeah, sometimes people hit on magical Dylan, combinations stop work. stop bringing your facts and reality into this conversation but you're damn, ruining it for everyone damn is that a swing from good to bad i mean you got people in fucking refrigerators you got jar jar and you know you're not like sand and oh my god just what happened here I, I've, I've heard people I, theorize this about... Uh, I've never read any Stephen King books, but I want to say someone has said, like, he got bad when he stopped... Maybe you said this, Chad. Or maybe I read this song. Like, he got bad when he stopped having to 
or maybe it was a different author entirely, but they get bad when they get to the point where they can say, oh, I don't need an editor. You know, they can overrule the editor. That's what I've been saying about a lot of the Kickstarter stuff, because it is without a lot of oversight, but that's pretty much the case. But that's I another like, issue entirely. I like yes. the Star Wars prequels, damn it. I think they're okay. I just. I think that two is the worst piece of crap that's ever been put to film. I was. I. I uh, like, 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 there's a whole 60 minutes of Anakin oh. and Padme that I just don't need. No, you're, you're worst? absolutely wrong because about none of us worst. have seen Twilight. None of us have seen Twilight, and you guys have seen Battlefield Earth. We can't objectively I, know that it's. I enjoyed Battlefield Earth because it was a bad kind. It was a good kind of bad. No, it wasn't. Yes, yes. It was. Then why did you keep talking about it, Chad, until we bought it? Because it truly was horrible. And well, I didn't it, want it. It wasn't like, no, don't watch the postman. It's horrible. It's like, no, you need to see this so you can see how bad it is. Anyway. Um, I didn't want to be subjected to it again myself, though. <laughs> yes, you did. Don't lie. Anyway. Uh, at least it wasn't Dude, with, which Arl um, hey. sacrificed itself to keep us from having to watch it. That reminds um, me, I need to get out the VCR and put and digitize that. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, uh, I'm surprised it's not on DVD or Blu-ray. It's weird. It's on uh, DVD uh, in Canada. Oh, okay, in Canada. And out of print. Um, anyway. Charlie, back- you dropped games. for a minute. Was was there ever a game that you wanted to uh, maybe see a Kickstarter sequel to? Um, yes, and honestly, it probably would be River City Ransom. So, <laughs> well, okay then. That that really was one of my favorite games from from like the 80s early ni- late 80s early 90s era. So, I'm I'm pretty happy. I, I guess if I can't remove Chrono Cross from existence, the second answer is Guardian Heroes 2 and not Guardian Heroes Advance, which also like Chrono Cross sucked. Um so, moving on at a brisk clip here, because we're, we're I, I don't know, like, something about last week's episode, where I just I just got rolling and I haven't stopped. Like, I've spent the entire week turned up to 11. Um, <laughs> but, um, Sony, uh, the Tokyo Game Show is, uh, I think next weekend, um, so we'll have some more stuff to talk about uh, then, hopefully. But in advance of that, they made a few announcements, um, and as a lot of people already know, Sony is making a real push with the uh, PlayStation Vita being connected with uh, PlayStation 4, you know, there's going to be remote play available at launch. But they also announced a new device called the Vita TV, and basically what it is, is it is a standalone device that plays Wii games on your television, and also... Vita games, not Wii games. Vita. But, uh, yeah, Vita, I'm sorry. Plays Vita games on a large TV, and also, if you have a PlayStation 4, can do the remote play feature as well, so you could theoretically play PlayStation 4 games in a room without a PlayStation 4. Oh, wow. Um, Now, I don't... Questions about that device's... um, Usability might be in question. I don't know how many people want to pay around a hundred bucks for a device to play Vita games on a large screen. When, at least at present, the current crop of Vita games is mostly 
retreads of other games, you know, ported onto a Vita screen or a couple of touchscreen enabled games and things like that. Um, but my question is, with so much emphasis being put on having all these different ways to use the Vita and play the games and things like that, um, especially with remote play, I think remote play is really the cornerstone of this discussion. Um, is Vita actually worth buying? Because I know I have, and I know Dylan has, uh, really just stayed away from buying any handheld systems because we're in the age of mobile phones and tablets, and we have devices where we can do a lot more than just play games uh, on the go now. Um, For me, it's it's more than just that. Like, I don't even play that many games on a handheld system. I, I think it's very interesting that the two big selling points of the Vita are you can stream, you will be able to stream PS4 games to it, but only locally, only within, you know, the, your, your home network in theory. So basically also, you can play from the bathroom. Yeah. And then also, I mean, that's really the main reason. And then also you, so can, that you can play PS4 games on the toilet. Yeah. And then also that you can play, um, Vita games on your TV with the, the Vita TV. It seems Which, a little weird. Better- Versions are available for PS4 anyway. Typically. So the main but, thing is that you can play your PS4 games while taking a shit. Let's be honest. Well, no, not just that. It just it just seems weird that the primary uses for it are playing it at home, where if I'm going to play a game at home, I just want to play a console anyway. Well, well the, the idea is the same thing that the Wii U controller is all about, where you yeah. can free up the screen for ostensibly, I guess, the grown-ups to use. Um, you know, somebody else wants to use the screen to watch... So it's basically the kids' table. Yeah, essentially. God, I mean, what the hell? I'm so oh, far removed not, from that. Not you guys. Of... Hang on. <laughs> climbed on top of my head. Th- this truck's <laughs> gonna keep moving, but you do what you need to. I, uh, the... uh, I'll... I'm putting him back in the cage. I've got enough reach here. He was chewing on the microphone earlier, and I had him sitting on my shoulder, eating. He was eating peanuts and doing fine, and then decided to go after the microphone. Your face. It just—it seems weird, though, that um, they're like I—I I seem I feel so far removed from that situation because when I was growing up, yeah, we only had one TV for most of my, you know, young life, but. That's because now that's not so much of an issue, you know. I, I think it is targeted mostly towards parents. Yeah, um, I do. I do like the idea in theory because I like it. I like being able to purchase a Vita a la carte and have that functionality there, um, as opposed to say um, the Wii U, where it's there. That's part of the core design is having yeah. you know, the two screens. In yeah. either, I, I I can't help but think in either case it's really just a, it's really just them trying to. I've, I, I they may as well just give up on trying to sell people a mobile gaming system because of the aforementioned tablets and smartphones. So what they have to play up, it feels like, is anything it does that a smartphone can't. So why bother even trying to market it as a game device you can take on the go with you? 
when think, they get that with their smartphone. Well, when you say when you say that a, that a smartphone can't, what do you mean? Because Apple to a bigger system. Apple's okay. Apple's already talked about creating um, third-party, you know, controllers. I think there are the same thing exists for Android right now. Apple's got AirPlay, so I don't think I don't think you can take any app, but you can take a lot of video and things like that and beam it to yeah and yeah. The, well, the difference is though is that the the type of games that exist currently on Google Play and on the exactly. uh, Apple App Store. Uh, App Store are not the kind of games that you or App, I want yeah. to play. Yeah. Yes. Um, those, so I, I agree. Those but... games in a mobile form exist on Vita and 3DS and 2DS, which I already own. It's called a DS. Um, and it folds, by the way. It's, it's a really advanced piece of technology. Um <laughs> Hinges the future. <laughs> yes, I, I. To Charlie's point, though, I do kind of think that I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Sony somewhere down the road take another crack at sort of the uh, the the Sony Ericsson Play phone that they released a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe something that you know has remote play and that sort of thing somewhere and, down the road. And I really, I don't know why they even bother at this point with the mobile system anymore. I mean, cause, cause there are a couple companies specifically Sony and Microsoft that I feel are positioned well enough that they could just create, they could just have, they could just make it to where they have smartphones that can be virtual controllers or do all the stuff that the, that the Vita do, can do or, or are supposed to do and that the Wii U is supposed to be able to do. I, yeah. I, I can't help but think that the, that the dedicated portable gaming system, high end gaming system, is completely on the outs. I mean, yeah. it'll be replaced with stuff that you can pick up at Walmart for like five for like you know five to twenty bucks yeah but you realize with microsoft a portable game system would be running windows phone yeah and, and if, had you, a hard if you can time. say windows phone without snickering derisively you work for microsoft well <laughs> this but, is but, generally true that is true but the point is that that they and sony are probably better positioned because they have a branch that does video game consoles and they're also much deeper into the phone industry smartphone industry than a lot of the others so well, they they have they would have a leg up if they chose to develop in that direction i don't seem to remember at some point sony was involved with some kind of android phone project yeah, yeah that's game what, phone project yeah that's what i was talking about they released one but it didn't have the same functionality as the PSP or the Vita as far as, you know, remote play and yeah. access to the existing um, PlayStation Store and things like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I really do think it's going to be just a matter of time before the dedicated console is is gone. Now, consoles will still be around, but they'll be more, definitely more general purpose devices. I think we're kind of coming full circle to the early 80s back when the first, you know, back when the second generation consoles came out and they were basically, you could buy an add-on kit to turn them into a PC and they, and I think something kind of similar is happen is going to happen where it's not just a game system and it may be something that's a little more oriented toward a game, but it's definitely a more general purpose. Well, I, think that's, I, I think that's already, I think you're 100% right. And it's already happening. Fact, yeah. Well, that's what Microsoft wants to do. Exactly. And, and that's that will determine how effective, 
that approach is going forward because that's Microsoft always tried to do that. The the well, first Xbox was built with largely off the shelf PC components in a lot of ways, but they've never really Well had what, what I'm it. saying is that the Xbox One uh, debuted without mentioning games until about 45 minutes into the presentation, yep. and the only games they showed were Madden and Call of yep. Duty. So that, and that's, they, they, they've made it clear that their stance is focused on TV, 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 look at all the stuff it can do. So yeah, this, wanna, this is make or break for they, they that wanna have the system. They want to have the one box that you have in your living room that does everything. And, there's, and, and that's... Oh, I think a viable strategy. Well, the the question that's being bandied about now is, um, is the the living room the place that you need to be targeting now? Because that's not where everybody's doing everything anymore. True, but I mean, yep. well, in a more general sense, the living room. But I mean, the the whole, you know, something that basically controls your television, your video games, your telephone. Like just a lot of that stuff, regardless of what room it is. But there are a couple, you know, there there's a few major functions that you can that a lot of people still do piecemeal, and they want to have that one box in whatever room that kind of will govern all of that for you. Yeah, the the problem right now, especially as it it go, regards phones, is like using Sony and Microsoft as the example. Windows Phone really hasn't <laughs> caught on. And although Microsoft, yeah, when they put down Windows Phone 7, they they had like a certain set of specs that phones had to conform to. It's definitely for a phone, not for a gaming system. The same way like the Sony gaming phones, they still have the problem of fragmentation. Mm-hmm. And even like the, that's what is allowing things like the Vita and the DS to survive, even when people like us who don't necessarily play them a lot say, ah, I don't see how those things are still around. Yeah. If someone comes out, you know, with something like a, a Kindle Fire or an Apple TV or something like that, well, not even Apple TV, because that really hasn't caught on the way that, that iPhones have and iPads have and, and kind of unified that, but unless you have someone who comes out with something like that that kind of unifies the market... Yeah. It's just going to be piecemeal, and nothing's really going to catch on. All right. Well, we're going to move on. Uh, we got oh, at least a it's of... not the engage. That's <laughs> so true. Uh, speaking of things that are dead and buried, um, <laughs> let's let's all pour one out for Burn Notice. Um, they they aired the last episode on Thursday. Um, I, I will say this, uh, Charlie, you and I had a discussion probably several years ago talking about how we thought the progression of Burn Notice's story would go. I think we've had that discussion actually several times yes. over the years. And and I think we pretty much, we, we came about as close as you can to nailing it. Really? Absolutely. Wow. Because um, when we first started the discussion, we talked about, you know, that Michael was probably going to at some point go back into the CIA. Yep. Which happened. We talked about that his search for the people or the organization that burned him would lead him to somebody inside of the CIA, which it did. Yep. Um, and then we talked about sort of the end game being Michael eventually getting out of the CIA and either staying in Miami or running off with Fiona or something like that, mm-hmm. which also happened. Wow. Um. The last season, I kind of have mixed feelings about because 
like I said, it, it stuck to what, what we, you know, pretty much assumed would be the formula for ending the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was done in such a way that I understand that the job of a TV show is to create drama and, and have that feeling of, I don't know what's going to happen. And certainly this season had moments of that. Yeah. But I also had feeling, I also had moments of feeling like they were expressly trying to jerk me around with stuff that they've already <laughs> done before. Um, because the season starts nine months after the conclusion of season six, where um, Michael shoots angry scrubs in the face. <laughs> um, and ends up making a deal with the CIA because he's in hot water for shooting a CIA, you know, top operative, uh, you know, one of the, one of the high-ranking officials in the CIA, and uh, strikes a deal uh, to go back to work for them and basically do, you know, like the shittiest of shit jobs, you know, doing deep cover in, uh, I think it's, it was the Dominican Republic where they started. Um and it was just one of those things where, you know, when he finally get, gets back to Miami, Fiona's moved on and has a new boyfriend, and everybody else is kind of like, where have you been these nine months, even though uh, we didn't realize that uh, you kept us all from going to jail for the rest of our lives. And wow. it, it just kind of felt like for the first five or six episodes, they're all just being assholes. <laughs> where it's like, really, you, you had no idea that... Uh, Maybe there there was a deal on the table, and that's the only reason you're not in jail. You're not in the dark hole for the rest of your life. Wow. Um, and then he goes into deep cover and, and and you know infiltrates this terrorist organization, and it's slow. It's kind of like the deconstruction of Michael Weston, where he slowly starts to go over to the dark side for a little while, hmm. until uh, you know in the last episode he kind of has to make his decision, and and the show ends. Um, overall, I thought it was a really good, uh, last episode. Um, some of the, some of the nods to the audience were from, it ranged from, oh, that's kind of neat, to, God, do you really have to have everybody say their line from the opening? <laughs> you know, that, that, those lines were taken from actual episodes, so I don't need to hear them say it again. Wow. That's awesome. Like, every, every single character had, had their thing. <laughs> Like, you know, Fiona says, should we shoot them? And Sam says, you know, spies, a bunch of bitchy little girls. Like, these were all taken from episodes that actually exist. So, yeah. I I don't know. They, uh, I guess they're figuring that a lot of people didn't stick with it, and these are new people. So we're going to we're gonna re- we're gonna I, reuse I, that. I, I have watched every single episode of that show, largely with a few exceptions as they aired. So That's... you know, I I I felt a little off put by that, but uh, I've and, missed so much. And one of the main cast did die, and I was upset when it wasn't Jesse. Whoa! They killed somebody. And it wasn't Jesse. They killed somebody that wasn't Jesse. I'm calling bullshit. I was hella pissed because Jesse needed to die. They uh, need. We need to write some angry letters to people that don't care. I uh, I, I I want a a burn notice sequel episode where Dead Larry comes back and kills Jesse. Yes. And then, we, then let's, roll let's credits. Just, let's just kickstart that now. Yes. While, while that wound is still fresh. People will pay big money. I I know that Burn Notice isn't uh, 
doesn't qualify among TV critics as great TV, especially when everyone's talking about, you know, Breaking Bad or pretty much everything on AMC. True. Um, but I, it, it's, it's the show I probably enjoyed the most. Um, in a very sort of 80s A-team-ish, MacGyver-ish way. Um, I will say, um, a minor spoiler here, my favorite part of the ending mm-hmm. uh, of, of the last episode. Uh, earlier in the episode, Sam and Jesse go inside of a convenience store because they know they're going to be on the run and they don't know when they're going to be back. So they're, they're loading up on supplies because, you know, they're they're all being targeted by the FBI because they found out that Michael was kind of turned on the federal government, but kind of didn't. And now they're all looking for him and they're all looking for the head of this terrorist organization. Cobra? Yes, Cobra. Uh, it's Cobra Commander. He, he gets suckered in by, uh, by Destro and the Baroness. And, uh, you know, the Baroness <laughs> flirts with him a lot. And there's this, is he going to pick Fiona or is, or is he going to pick the Baroness? He obviously chose wrong by not picking the Baroness. But, uh, so, so is this the uh, former used car salesman, Cobra Commander, or the ref- Snake Man refugee from a lost civilization of Eldritch Horrors, Cobra it, Commander? It's obviously the Snake Man, Cobra Commander. Thank you. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, they grab a bunch of duct tape, and you know, Sam's like, just in case, you know, you're kind of like, haha, duct tape. You know, it's burn notice. You know, MacGyver, that sort of thing. Anyway, there's a scene where. Uh, you know, Jesse is with uh, Michael's mom and Nate's son protecting them. And Sam and Fee and Michael are all, you know, trying to take down Cobra Commander. And, you know, Sam's trying to make it out of the building with this uh, data that's going to help take down the terrorist organization and clear Michael and everybody else. Um, and he's getting run down by this guy, and Sam has like a, 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 a revolver, and this other guy has an automatic weapon. And he's running, and he's doing the Bruce Campbell thing, and, you know, he's down to his last bullet, he loads it in the chamber, and he sees he still has the roll of duct tape in his hand. And he looks at it, and he goes, Ah, oh, hell. And he throws it against something, makes the guy shoot at the sound, and then stands up and shoots the guy. And that was my favorite part, because, you know, they, they had this build-up for the duct tape, and when it came down to it, Sam just fucking threw it. That's awesome. Um, oh, I like that. Anyway, uh, God, God bless uh, Jeffrey Donovan and Bruce Campbell and everybody else that worked on that show. Except for, no, uh, even Jesse. It's not. His, it's not the actor's fault. I'm just teasing. No, it's true. It's not. Uh, it wasn't his fault that they, they wrote they, a really they, crappy They did a great character. job of making him better later on. Like he stopped being the the squeaky wheel. Um, but at but, that point, isn't it kind of too late? It, exactly. Um, but. I hope they all go on to do other wonderful things, and I hope Bruce Campbell keeps on being Bruce Campbell for the foreseeable future, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to miss the shit out of that show. Yeah. Um, Alright, so we're almost done, but wanted to, for those listening, uh, make a few announcements. Um, you'll notice that, miraculously, this will be the second episode in as many weeks. Um, we are attempting and God knows how this will work out, to move <laughs> I, to a weekly format. So instead of 
doing it bi-weekly and actually recording every two to four weeks, we'll try and do it weekly and maybe actually record every two to three weeks. I think we need to start a pool and, you know, on, uh, you know, when the weekly thing stops and, you know. I, I don't know. I might just be, you know, we, we, we've set a, de- a set time to do these, so I might just start recording, you know, like, you know, you know how some radio shows, if it's two hosts and one of them is out, it'll just be one guy talking for, you know, four hours on the radio. That might be me one Sunday evening. <laughs> um, no, Dylan will always be free. True. True. God bless him. Wow. I don't know if that's an insult or a uh, compliment. Am I dependable? Yes. Or yes. do you I just are, not you, have a life? You are our yes. favorite shut in. It's. Dylan. I don't think I don't. You are. I think I, I'm just going to speak for everybody and say that all of us think of you as our favorite autistic shut-in. Dylan, uh, you are my rock, and unlike the Jacksonville Jaguars, I will never have to apologize for any inconvenience because we're broadcasting you. <laughs> That's actually a thing that happened today. The Jaguars, one of their local affiliates, you know, because of their TV deals with the NFL, they have to broadcast the Jaguars game. And for those of you who are not sports fans, Jacksonville is really bad and generally unwatchable. Um, they're not even entertaining bad. Wow. Um, so uh, one of their local affiliates said, uh, NFL policy states that the station must carry all Jaguars away games. And the end of the message said, we apologize for any inconvenience. Wow. That's Instead of going amazing. to another game. Um, so that was a thing that really happened today. Anyway, uh, that's one thing that we're going to do. Yeah. Another thing we're going to work on, um, but this may take some time, is we're going to try and have some segments. Uh, you know, everybody has you know a couple of minutes here and there where they can just sort of... Uh, talk about wherever they want to. We have not, uh, we have not hashed that out yet. This is, is, you know, this is. We've we've tried doing that before, but you know, where hey, everyone talk about something, and it it's and and everybody's like, I don't know what I want to talk about. Which know. usually means I can't go on for fifteen minutes about this, but you could probably go for two minutes. Yeah, I I just want somebody to have like yes. a little spiel. And, and and that'll be it. You know, don't go too long. We have to make the, an entire podcast out of individual segments. That's not that's not what we do. Um, but we'll we'll try and work on that. Um, but one thing to close out the show with that I, I want to start doing is uh, I want us to do recommendations. And listen, guys, if you have recommendations of what to call the recommendation segment or recommendations of segments that each of us should do that aren't about Peggle Basil. Um, <laughs> I, I think, well, I, I've got an idea. I think we should, we should open up this segment, which uh, it's like, but legally distinct from a moment of awesome. Um, I, I I think we definitely need to have something buffet-ish. But but if you guys have recommendations name. of what we should call the recommendation or other segments, uh, you can tweet those to at Chainsaw Buffet. Go to facebook.com slash Chainsaw Buffet or email us at podcast at Chainsaw Buffet.com. And while you're bored, you can go to the Chainsaw Buffet uh, Twitter, uh, YouTube and watch dumbass videos that we never post. Mm. Um 
Well, anymore. no, you can't watch the ones that we never post. You can watch the ones that we have no, no, no. We are specifically miraculously been able to post. We want you to watch the ones that we have never posted. S- those are probably better than what we have. Subscribe, and maybe once every six weeks, you'll get a, a, a video from us in your feed. Um, we're we're the anti-game grumps. Instead of uh, flooding your feed with uh, four ten-minute videos a day, uh, we'll do one fifty-minute video every six weeks. That's You're welcome. Sound. You're welcome. Internet. Of indeterminate quality. Yes, uh, but but we're better at video games than they are. I can say that definitively. I've not watched them, so uh, I, I again, it's it's one of those things where. I understand that usually the thing that that most people go for are, uh, you know, the entertainment value, but I still think that, you know, there's something to be said about actually being good at video games. Um, Anyway, uh, I want to go around uh, and ask everyone for a recommendation. The recommendation can be about literally anything you want it to be, including general life advice. Um, I would start with Chad, but Chad is in Skype hell right now, so I'm going to go Charlie. Oh, okay. Um, uh, actually, you... actually, hold on. Chad just got back. Chad, before Skype drops again, recommendation. Are you there? Maybe are not. You, are you with oh, us? Chad. Give us a sign. Okay, there's the sign. There's a problem with this call. Charlie, one, go. One click for no, two for yes. Um, <laughs> can okay. Uh, my recommendation is going to be Call of Duty: Modern Warfare Three. People should start playing that online again. Um, because not because it's the greatest game in the world. I know it's now in within like a month and a half. It'll be like two Call of Duty games back. Which means but, it's cheap. Which means it's cheap, and you can probably get the Platinum World Breaking Something Edition for next to nothing. But the reason you should play it is very simple. I want to fucking play the game modes that I want to fucking play. And what game modes are those so everyone knows what to log into? Please play Hardcore Ricochet Domination, for God's sake. Why can't there ever be more than a couple of people playing that damn frickin' mode? Because it's old. What it's mode? Old game. Hardcore Ricochet <laughs> Domination. Uh, Skype just dropped my call for some reason. Yeah, it's okay. Uh-oh. Please start. Please, everybody, if you have Call of, if you have Modern Warfare Three, please start playing that on the off damn chance that I might be able to find a playlist that my stupid internet can connect to. Okay, Chad, recommendation, go. I actually don't have any. I haven't really been looking at anything new lately. General life advice. It can be anything. Dust Tactics. You love Dust Tactics. Yeah, but unfortunately it's uh, not anything anyone else is... I, I don't care what anyone else does. That's really, yeah, that's really not the point, Chad. Nothing you like is something that anybody else is going to like, but recommend it anyway. It's a lot. That that really helps me feel better about myself now. You're welcome. You're a unique snowflake. You are a precious, precious, unique creature you're and just like every other snowflake you will eventually just melt on the ground that wow, that's dark and at least i'm not going to end up keeping my urine in jars like dylan but i don't even know what why someone would hey do hey that. hey don't steal his recommendation dylan what is your recommendation uh urine i think I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to uh 
going to softball my uh, first recommendation segment and say, uh, if you haven't been watching Drunk History on Comedy Central... Uh, Holy crap, it's good. That's, yes. There's a thing to watch. It, it's it's kind of like watching an old um, documentary show on TLC back before they became like the Honey Boo Boo channel. Yes. You know, in the sense <laughs> that in the sense that they, they tell a very simplified narrative of history that can't possibly be true, but you might kind of learn something and it's entertaining. Yes. Mixed, be, with, be. The fact, mixed with the fact that it's it's guest stars like Jack Black, um, you know, basically lip syncing to people telling these stories while drunk. And okay. be very careful that you don't accidentally try to learn something from that show because you will be very tempted to later on in the conversation go, oh, I heard about this. And if you've not fact-checked that, you're yes. about to step into a world. <laughs> yeah. to, uh... Did this happen to you? No, but, but my sister, uh, Elizabeth, had been watching an episode and it was like, well, I didn't know. Then I'm like, you, maybe we should fact-check that before you, uh, you use this as an anecdote. It's a, it's a nice <laughs> gateway to discovering more like... I, I, what is the grain of truth that yeah. uh, is hidden in this? It's, I mean, it's like using it's like using the Daily Show or the Colbert Report as your sole news source. There's there's there is a decent amount of truth in there, which but, many college students do. Yes. At least let's be like, careful. Um, at least the people who are who are telling the stories are building it upon, in theory, real history instead of alternate theories like you know a conspiracy. Oh, good point. Theory. You mean like the History Channel right now? Yes. Anyway, I'm done. Um, speaking of, to go back to recommendations, uh, one thing I that is starting up again soon, I, I don't have the exact date, is Legend of Korra. If you haven't seen Season 1, you've got time to watch it before it, Season 2 starts. It started this last Friday. It just did? Okay. I, I missed it as well, but but yes. I, I rarely get time to actually watch anything as it airs. Okay. But it's it's a great kind of oriental 1920s Hong Kong fantasy yes, martial it, arts. It is a wonderful thing. Um, it's, a, it's a very cool hybrid of genres. I, I'm going to, over the first uh, several installments of this uh, part of the podcast, going to shill for people that have been on the podcast because that's that's what I do. You come on my podcast, I take care of you. <laughs> um, so our good friends, uh, the Slants, they have a new music video for their song Sour Love off of their third album, uh, their third studio album, you know, there's that, uh, Slants, Slants Revolution dance mix thing, but that's another thing entirely. Um, mm. but, uh, it's called Sour Love, go check <laughs> it out on YouTube, um, go share it on the Twitters, the Facebooks. I, I don't do the Tumblers, though. Um, <laughs> this is people posting pictures. It's a bunch of GIFs. Of GIFs so like GIFs are. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Um, anyway. Let's, uh, can, we, can we go ahead and throw in a group recommendation for Basil? Let's, yeah. just, let's, just, <laughs> let's just all say, hey, just uh, let's recommend Basil as a human being. If, uh, you, if you don't know him, know him. If you know him, love him. You know, I, 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 you know, I, I have to, I have to give him credit for this. He, he managed just to hide how creeped out he must be over the fact that we do stuff like this. And I'm not saying we because, uh, this was, this was all, all Charlie. Charlie started this. Remember um, that, Basil. I, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna put a link to uh, Awesomecast and and Basil's Twitter and basically every way that you can reach Basil in the recommendation <laughs> section here when huh? I post this. Huh? Um, what was the uh, new Slants video called? Uh, Sour Love. Okay. 
one moment. I'm going to go ahead and uh, tweet our plug for it. Please do. Um, anyway, I think that does it for us. Dylan has shit to do. I have a football game to watch. You're missing football. I know. Uh, the, the 49ers blocked the punt, but I think they're, yeah, the 49ers just blocked the punt in Seattle territory. So Language, young man. Language. Um, Punt's a dirty word. And, and I, want, I want to close with this thought. He does his best work on Sunday. Uh, he was adopted, so we don't know who his real parents are. And he's not white. And I'm not saying that Colin Kaepernick is the second coming of our Lord and Savior. But I, <laughs> but I am pointing out the fact that I've never seen Jesus and Colin Kaepernick in the same place at the same time. <laughs> um, go Niners. God, I hope you have a sense of humor. Please don't kill Colin Kaepernick. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha